You've tuned in to Naturopathic Earth Radio and Holistic Health News, where you get the latest on medical cover-ups, government malfeasance, toxins being put in our food and home, as well as sound, clean eating principles. We are here to cast a light on what the big sick care industry and its government shills don't want you to know. Don't be a slave to Big Pharma. Break free of the shackles of big food and start your journey now on a long, purposeful life. Become a citizen of Naturopathic Earth. Here's your host, A. Gregory Luna. Hello, everybody. This is A. Gregory Luna. Of course, you can call me Gregory. And welcome back to another episode of Holistic Health News. I hope you're doing well today. Before we begin talking about cheating, the website is naturopathicearth.com. Go check out all the recipes, essential oil recipes, and insightful, cogent articles that are written and published daily. Recently, I wrote an recipe for white chocolate peanut butter cups. Quite easy to do. There's also one for dark chocolate peanut butter cups that I wrote probably two years ago. I also wrote an article recently about what's wrong with our conventional store-bought cleaners that we use to clean the house. I released that on Friday. So go check out those articles. I have a crowdfunding account through Patreon, so please check out the links on the episode notes and donate some moolah. $5 a month, $5 one time, $1 a month, $1 one time. I don't care. Just donate some money to defray the cost of this enterprise. If you're getting anything, any content, it stimulates you. If you enjoy it, you keep coming back. Okay. Put your money where your mouth is and donate some money. Also, go buy the Confessions of an Obese Child ebook on Amazon Kindle and Barnes and Noble Nook. It's only $2.99, which is cheaper than the coffee or tea you're going to get this morning. So, wouldn't you rather buy a thought provoking, poignant, yet funny memoir? I think you would. Also, any of the Amazon links that you see on any of the 500 articles, click on it. It gets you to Amazon. And anything you buy within 24 hours, we get a 2% commission at no expense to you. So do that as well. And lastly, I am a holistic, paleo-inspired health coach. If you need any help cleaning up your diet, contact me. As most of you guys know, I have lost a lot of weight a long time ago. Kept it off for a long time. So I have a pretty good track record of keeping my weight down. So perhaps I can help you. Lastly, I released a new obese child episode. It was on being accountable about your own obesity. Now, I did get some feedback from this, and uh, most of it was positive. Yeah, I guess my listeners have really high levels of self-awareness and introspection. That was great. I did get some long, long articles about the nuance of addiction, and I understand their point of view. I understand it. But I still believe in my point of view which is the essence of all podcasters, right? I remember listening to Anna Ferris one time, and she said that all podcasters have two commonalities. One is they like to help people, and two, they're somewhat egotistical because why else would you have a podcast if you don't think that your information is worthwhile? You you wouldn't have a podcast if you thought, well, I guess nothing, nothing I'm saying is important. No, I mean, you have to be somewhat egotistical. So go check out that episode if you haven't heard it already. All right, let's talk about cheating after. Okay, so why did I want to do the Bicentennial Holistic 
formerly known as a cold health news, formerly known as naturopathic earth news episode on cheating. Um, I just find these statistics interesting. You know, if anything tickles my curiosity, I like to do an episode on it. So it really has nothing to do with the 200 episode. But I, I think the dynamic of infidelity is fascinating. And I think just seeing who doesn't more often or who doesn't do it statistically in terms of your ideology, in terms of your age, in terms of your race, is fascinating. It's fascinating. And I think monogamy is possible. It's possible, but we are not wired to be monogamous. But certainly, it's possible to be monogamous your entire life. I would say that now that our our life expectancy, well, actually, this generation, the younger ones, are going to have a shorter one than, than we are. But given that we're living to 79, 80 years old, women might live to 80 or 90, uh, the idea of, of, of being monogamous is more far-fetched than, let's say, 100 years ago, 200 years ago, when we would have died younger. Also, since we're not imbued with religion, and religion's going to be mentioned in a second. Since we're not imbued with religion, we don't live in a Christian culture anymore. Uh, that safeguard is off. And so one of the reasons why infidelity was looked down upon, aside from it being destructive to the, the nuclear family, is because it's, it was a mortal sin, right? Uh, infidelity and and uh, adultery is, is, a, is a grave mortal sin. And so a lot of people didn't do it for those religious reasons. But the, the the mores are changing, and as demonstrated by these statistics, it's pretty shocking. It's pretty shocking. So we're going to be gleaning from the Institute of Family Studies, the Institute of Family Studies, and the name of the article is Who Cheats More? The Demographics of Infidelity in America. I'm going to skip some of the, the interest stuff because it doesn't really matter. And I would like to attach these graphs that they have. If not, I'll just attach the links. In general, this is not surprising, but you might be surprised with a couple of these sentences later. In general, men are more likely than women to cheat. With 20% of men and 13% of women reported that they've had sex with someone other than their spouse while married. According to data from the recent General Social Survey, that's a government survey, However, as the figure above indicates, the graph, this gender gap varies by age. So let's go back. So 20% of men, so one in five men, you got five men in a room, one of them's cheated in their marriage. Okay, we're not even counting like high school cheating where you kissed another girl. I mean, you know, we're talking about like high stakes cheating, I suppose. (laughs) So 20% of men, 13% of women. But again, if you break down these stats, these numbers are going to get higher. Among ever-married adults 18 to 29, women are more guilty of infidelity than men. Hmm. Wow, look at that. Now, granted, it's 11% versus 10%, but either way, it's attention-grabbing. It would be clickbait-esque. But this gap quickly reverses among those ages 30 to 34 and grows wider in older age groups. Infidelity for both men and women increases during the middle age. Now, this part is shocking because we did that. We did that episode on how the highest rate of STD increase is in older people because, like, people in their seventies and eighties 
who are at nursing homes or independent retirement communities because they're not using protection because they can't get pregnant. And so STDs are skyrocketing. But but this kind of reinforces uh, that that episode because we don't really want to think about our grandma, Mima, Mima, Mima's getting it on. But, but women in their 60s report the highest rate of infidelity, 16%. But the share goes down sharply among women in their 70s and 80s. I hope so, because maybe they're barely ambulatory or they have dementia. Not all of them. My mother's 79 and doesn't have either of those issues. But I don't want to think about my mom having sex. And she does live at an independent living community. By comparison, the infidelity rate among men in their 70s is the highest, 26%. And it remains high among ages 80 and older, 24 and 26%. That is insane. So men, so men in their 20s, 11% chance of cheating. Now, maybe this is because their wives are very young and still want to have sex and, and so forth. But in some ways, you think that the infidelity rate would be higher in their 20s because you lack wisdom and you have high sexual mate value at that age and you're just wanting to, to pump and dump as many people uh, behind your wife's back, and your wife wants to do the same behind uh, your back. I mean, as I mentioned, in the 20s, the women actually have the higher infidelity rate. But it's just, it's it's funny how uh, the both sexes are around 15%, and then around age 50, boom, it goes, it gets the big bump for the men. So men, I guess, would you would you would characterize have that classic midlife crisis around age 50, and then it stays high around 24% all the way to 80. So from 50 to 80, one in four men, boom, boom, boom. And with the women, it increases and peaks around 60 to 69. Ironic. And then it drops down significantly. So by the time at 80 years old, it's only 6%. Now, I would I would tell you this, and, and well, actually, we'll just mention this at the end. So let, let's just keep going here. Let's keep going. Trends going back to the 1990s suggest that men have always been more likely than women to cheat. Even so, older men were no more likely to cheat than their younger peers in the past. Well, it's different now because it's, it's much higher now for the older men. In the 1990s, the infidelity rate peaked among men aged 50 to 59, 31%. So there was more men screwing around, and women ages 40 to 49 at 18%. It was lower for both men and women at the older age of at the older end of the age spectrum. A generation of cohort effect is likely to contribute to the shifting gender gap in infidelity. As Nicholas Wolfinger noted in an earlier post, Americans born in the 1940s and 50s reported the highest rate of extramarital sex. That's probably because they were peaking around the sexual revolution in the 70s and so forth. Okay, so let's get away from age and let's go to demographics. The infidelity rate also differs by a number of other demographic and social factors. For example, cheating is more common among black adults. Some 22% of ever married blacks said they've cheated on their spouse. Ever married. So if you've been married once, that's 22%, one in four. Compared to 16% of whites. And 13% of my Latinos, see, my, my people, we I guess we're more devout because we don't want to let down the Virgin Mary. Among black men, the rate is highest. Now, I'm not going to say this is shocking, but okay, 
profiling, you know, generalizations. There's a reason why there's generalizations. The rate is highest. 28% reported that they've had sex with someone other than their spouse, compared with 20% of white men and 16% of Hispanic men. Now, they have a graph here that breaks it down per age, um, but we're not going to cover that right now. A person's political identity, family background, and religious activity are also related to whether or not they cheat. Overall, guess which party has a higher rate of infidelity? Oh, I think you know. It's the Democrats. Why? Because the Democrats, well, I, I think they tend to be more irreligious. And once you take away religion, I mean, then then you, you can easily rationalize. I mean, because think about it. With, with infidelity, it's like, who are you hurting, right? That's always the thing. If it's two consensual adults... Who are you hurting? So once you take away the whole idea, oh, this is a sin, this is adultery, I'm going to burn in hell, and you have moral relativism, and you're steeped in secular humanism, then you think, well, there's no harm, I'm not going to hell, I don't believe in that God nonsense, so if it feels good, do it. So, you know, the hedonism pervades uh, people who are, are atheists and agnostics, and if you're atheist and agnostic, please message me and tell me I'm wrong. Okay, fine. So overall, Democrats, adults who didn't grow up in intact families, yeah. I mean, we've mentioned in that episode on single moms, kids of single moms are 60 times more likely to have their kids abused. We, we mentioned some of the other stati statistical indicators if you are a child of a single mom, and one of them is that you're more likely to engage in high-risk sexual behavior. So cheating, of course, would fit in that. Or those who rarely or never attend religious services are much more likely to cheat on their spouse. So if we look at the the stats here, so with Democrats it's eighteen percent, and with Republicans it's fourteen percent, and independents who are just vacillating, mealy mouth people who can't make up their mind are fifteen percent. On the other hand, having a college degree is not linked to a higher chance of cheating. Almost equal shares of college-educated adults and those with high school or less education have been unfaithful to their spouse, 16 to 15%. Okay, so it's it's a little higher if you've had some college, but essentially they're all around 15 to 18% in that regard. And then if you look at religious attendance, it has the biggest spike. So if you go to church uh, pretty often, I mean, it would it would stand to make some sense that you have the, the lowest rate of infidelity, which is around 10%. And it goes double that if you only go once a year or less. Again, not a surprise. If you don't believe in God, uh, that takes away one of the big, I guess, shackles, proverbial shackles of why you shouldn't cheat. Okay, let's finish it up. Okay, so these are a lot of statistics that can get kind of confusing and mind-boggling. I guess to strip it down, 10% to 11% of married couples in their 20s have cheated already. And the rate of infidelity skyrockets uh, surprisingly around 40 to 49. And then it stays pretty high until about 80, but certainly very high in men. 
And here, here, here's my here's my theory as to why this is. Okay, so we know that men and women age differently, and this is why I recommend and previous kind of these these socioeconomic intergender intergender dynamic episodes that I've done uh, between the sexes that that women marry older men because. When a man, when a woman hits 40, 45, she's premenopausal, she's menopausal, the man still has a very ample sex drive, assuming he's in relative, relative shape. And so I don't think it's surprising that the, 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 the rate of male infidelity shoots up around age 40. Now, because the woman might not be wanting sex because she's going through perimenopause or menopause and, you know, not to be graphic, but at that time the estrogen and progesterone drops and the vagina secretions drop and uh, then you have the mood swings and the hormone swings and so forth, the heat flashes and women might just not want to have sex. That being said, even before the age of 40, if you look at the statistics, 40% of marriages are, are considered sexless marriages. Sexless meaning they have sex once a month or or less. And uh, so that's a major problem. Uh, it, it goes back to my episode I did on, on for Valentine's, reasons not to be in long-term relationships or even marriages, because one of the reasons men marry is because they think they're going to have an ample, secure supply of sex. What they don't realize, and any man who's been married more than, I don't know, five years, but certainly 10 years, and if you're certainly in your 40s or 50s, you know that sex always dries up. Either the woman is no longer interested because maybe you've done something or you've lost your your appeal or you're not working as much or you've gained weight or in her mind you don't deserve it, you know, because it's not uncommon for women to use sex as a weapon in terms of uh, using as collateral or bargaining uh, for a man. Uh, so... Anyone who's been married a long time knows that the sex will certainly drop. And so now now the sex has dropped. And honestly, if you talk to a man who's honest, let's say that's the main reason they get married. You know, if you look at the the risk asset, the the asset liability ledger, uh, the main reason is sex. So when the sex dries up, you're like, well, then I got to deal with all these other things. Like the woman who spends my money. I got to deal with her 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 mental issues, her her emotional issues, uh and so forth. And this is not to disparage women, okay? This is not uh, misogynistic, but I'm trying to give you the honest male point of view, how most men think. And so a man in his 40s, his wife doesn't want to have sex anymore. You know, it's not surprising that he's going to be more tempted to to stray because his wife doesn't want to have sex or perhaps she's lost her figure. You know, she, you know, when you get married, my, my mentality is when you get married, you have to do everything in your ability to stay in shape because it's not fair to the other person. You're being selfish to the other person if you just let go. And going back to found accountability, you know, here comes, oh, but I had kids, or oh, this happened, this happened. I understand that. But we control what we put in our mouth. We control what we put in our mouth. So you have to be accountable. It's not fair when you take oaths at 26 uh, not to at least make a very ardent attempt of staying in shape because that person married you with the assumption that you were going to stay in relative shape uh, for when the vows were exchanged. And so if you, either of you, the man or the woman, gain 200 pounds, uh, that's not fair to that person because that's not what the person signed up for or bought into. Okay, So it's not surprising that in the 40s and 50s, uh, the cheating increases. Now, I can't speak from the, the female mindset, but maybe the woman's more likely to want to cheat because 
she feels disenchanted and, and disgruntled in the marriage because the guy's checked out, the guy's watching porn, the guy is working all the time, the guy gives, you know blows her off. And maybe it's for legitimate reasons. Maybe she's not a pleasant person to be around, or maybe he just is a total douchebag. I mean, who knows? But, you know, age 40, women women are not at their fertility peak, but they're still on their, like, sexual appetite uh, peak in that late 30s, early 40s before they hit the wall. And so maybe they look at their husband like, I don't want to be married. I'm going to be married to this guy another 30 years, you know, because we're living so long. And so uh, maybe they're just more tempted to cheat. Uh, and of course, you know, they rationalize it like anyone who cheats, they rationalize, oh, it's because my spouse didn't fill in the blank, you know, didn't give me enough sex, takes me for granted, uh, psychologically abuses me, you know, gaslights me, you know, whatever. I'm not, I'm not passing judgment on why people cheat. The phenomenon is there. We've, we've cheated and we've been cheating since the beginning of, of, of time, right? For the beginning of time. Uh, in general, I would recommend people don't marry, especially men don't marry until they're at least 40. Because here's the thing. Women reach their highest sexual market value around 28. And they've, there's graphs and studies you can read on this. Men don't reach their highest sexual market value until about 38, 40. Because men tend to make more money the older they get. And they can age you know, relatively well. I mean, look at Ryan Gosling. That dude's like 42. Uh, if you look at uh, Hugh Jackman, he's like 60. I mean, you, you can stay in shape. So men's sexual market value actually increases, whereas women, unfortunately, just because of, of just the the nature of nature, uh, reach their sexual fertility peak around 18 to 24, and then they can maintain that peak to about 28, and then they go in decline until about 40 when they hit the wall. And so it's it's in the best interest of men not to marry until late and not to get trapped into the marriage kind of uh, extortion at a very young age. Now, women, it behooves women to get these men married as early as possible before they, the men realize their sexual market value isn't going to peak for 10 years. So it makes sense for women to get men to marry at a younger age. And it and it makes sense for women to marry at a young age because you are, you are at your peak on every level in your 20s. Now, you might say, "Oh, but I'm poor." Men don't care what 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 amount of money you make. Men, the top 4 criteria for men looking for women is beauty, age, virtue, personality. Money, they don't care. Okay, men are wired to look at beauty and age. Beauty, beauty, beauty. Okay, if you're in denial, you feminist, you're all angry about it. It's because you know it's true. It's true. I'm telling you, it's true. Women, of course, can can forsake looks of a man for other factors like high status, confidence, security, wit, whatever. So it makes sense for women to marry young because that's when you're going to be at your peak youth and beauty. So the best thing to do is actually, uh, you know, a woman who's, I don't know, 25, 26, get married to a man who's 36. That That's the best because the man is hitting his peak. The woman is at her peak. Uh, the chances of infidelity are going to be less because the man is less likely to stray because he will always have in his mind a woman who's younger. He'll have a younger woman, a younger trophy woman. Good example is Blake Lively and Ryan Reynolds. He's 42. She's 32 and pregnant again. And that relationship's going to work and probably last a long time, at least for Hollywood standards, because he has high he has high status, he's well known, and uh, women in general like older men because they're more mature and so forth, and he gets the younger, much younger, nubile uh, woman. 
And so that that kind of works well, the older man, younger woman. So being being in that age disparity helps. I would also say that it certainly helps if you're religious. I mean, I would say that especially religions that look down, like look that are still close knit communities that look down in infidelity, where you can essentially get shunned and lose all your family members or friends. I mean, like like this would be like Orthodox Jews. Uh, the Mormons, the Jehovahs, you know, old super Baptist groups, or even ultra Catholic groups. See, in the, in, the, in these groups, the infidelity rate is is much lower because there's more to lose. There's you could lose your business, your your family, your friends because there's still a stigma, like there was a hundred, hundred fifty years ago, a thousand years ago, where adultery you could be stoned and killed. But if you're not religious, if you're imbued in in, in secular secularism and 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 you're not religious then as i've already mentioned eh you know there's no there's no safeguard there and so at that point it just becomes do what feels good do what feels right and i'm going to pursue my self exploration because you know maybe as a woman i didn't do it in my 20s and i want to do it now or i i owe it to myself to cheat who knows i mean again we rationalize uh infidelity and we rationalize a host of behaviors all the time but i i think you can say that most infidelity in a marriage is kind of a result of one of two things you can see that i mean there are classic philanderers or casanovas men that are just wired due to childhood trauma uh to cheat uh, they could be suffering from narcissistic personality disorder if you go back to that episode i did on narcs could be that it could be just something in their wiring perhaps they're porn addicts and they got hooked on at a very young age who, who knows but there are legitimate like just hardcore philanders uh, most men and women i think who cheat though don't fall in that category i think most of them have an earnest desire to make the marriage work but there's such tumult and there's such stress fault lines in the marriage that uh, they've reached a point where they're just don't know how to deal with it or they've tuned out, checked out, depressed. And then somebody enters their life uh, and perhaps gives them uh, self-esteem or boosts their ego or makes them feel alive again. And then it just kind of snowballs from there and it, it can be fast and, and then boom. Uh, you've had a one-time affair. Of course, you know, there's there's the classic uh, conference in another town. You had a couple of drinks. You meet somebody you find attractive. And again, you're trying to escape things in your marriage or escape something back home. And things lead to a one thing after another. And then it, you have an affair. So these are not to exculpate these people from what they've done. What I'm saying is that affairs are understandable why they happen. Why they happen. Can you trust a woman or a man who has had an affair if you meet them later on and they've admitted to it or you knew about it? Uh, and it w- would you get into a long-term relationship with them? It, it really depends. You know, If you know that the guy's a philander and has a history of it, he's likely to do it again. A one-time thing... It's it's it depends there as well. I mean, if it's one of those, if I would say if they're steeped in religion and they just kind of fell and uh, just suffered and and you know 
they stumbled, so to speak, they're more likely not to do it if they see the the, the devastation that it wrought in his or her uh, relationship. Um, but really, it's ultimately your decision based on the variety of factors, including children, socioeconomic stuff, finances, family, and so forth. Uh, I've known people in my life whose marriages suffered from an affair, and I know one couple that's uh, very religious, but they overcame it. The wife forgave him. And sometimes you see wives or husbands forgive them, but then they treat that person like dirt the rest of the marriage as kind of a payback and because they think they are allowed to do that because of the the affair. Or you see the other person having an affair as well to kind of balance things out. I'm definitely not one to give you marital advice in that regard. Uh, the point of this episode was just to give you the statistics, the statistics as to who's more likely to have affairs and at what age. Infidelity is omnipresent. It's been here since time immemorial, and it will continue to do so. Perhaps the numbers will decline a bit in the next 20 years because now we have DNA tests, whereas beforehand, if you go back eons and centuries and hundreds of years, um, women could have affairs or a man could seduce a woman and they could pass off that child as the as the child of the husband and he could be a cuckold and back then the risks were very high if they were caught again they could be stoned and killed or so forth but if they were not caught it was very easy to pass a child off as the husband's when it was somebody else's and now you see with with you know 23 and me and all these DNA ancestry websites you see people who do their their ancestry and they find out that their mom their aunt their grandmother grandfather uh is not uh their grandfather uh or father is not their real father and this causes a lot of kind of inner turmoil because do you tell do you tell the father do you confront the mom do you confront the grandma and so forth it i would recommend that you don't you know let sleeping dogs lie uh, but either way, infidelity is going to be around for a long, long time. And uh, it's just, I think it's part of human nature. Certainly, I'm not condoning it. And we want to be monogamous in our relationships. And uh, I mean, if you do fall and you do cheat, is it best to tell your spouse? Or if you're a friend and you find out that they cheated? Or if you are the lover, do you tell the spouse? I mean, it's just, it's just so complicated. Just avoid all of it altogether. There's so much drama and it. It's probably not even worth it. So let's stay monogamous to our uh, significant others, if you have a significant other, as best as you can. And honestly, I would say stay in some sort of religion, which gives you a moral framework and guidance. And of course, the option to go to confession and confess your sins, which if you even don't believe in the power of a pastor or priest forgiving your sins, at least it's the cathartic act of confessing and, and vocalizing the infidelity that will help take a burden off. As always, guys, hit the subscribe button. It will only take you two seconds. And please post a review for Kate's Apothecary, Holistic Health News, and Confessions of an Obi Shop. Until next time, take care. God bless. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to NPE Radio and Holistic Health News. Visit our website at naturopathicearth.com. Follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Holistic News Now and at our Facebook page at Naturopathic Earth. Please consider a donation at patreon.com slash naturopathic earth.
Find the confessions of an obese child ebook on Amazon or Barnes & Noble Nook. Consider subscribing to our podcast. And as always, please post an honors review on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, or wherever you listen to this. And remember, the core belief at NPE. Let food be thy medicine. Let nature be thy healer. Until next time. Music courtesy of Nine Inch Nails. <laughs>